What's good, everybody? And welcome to Kind of Funny Gains Daily for Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let's him host. Nothing like a little TNA to start your day. That's, That's right. I Ooh, I never thought about it like that before. Yeah. That is a great I way have. to start your Often. day. Mm-hmm. And we had a little technical snafu in the beginning there, so thanks for everyone on Twitch who is hanging with us at twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Watching live. You know what you got to do when you're watching live? Keep us honest by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to help all those people watching on podcast services around the globe so they, they get, you know, the best version of the show. Mm-hmm. And of course, another great way to watch, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. But if you want to take it one step further and be part of the show, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get involved by submitting us your questions. You can submit us your squat ups, your deals of the day. Just whatever's on Some your mind. Little stories. You know what yeah. I mean? And we like to give options here. Kind of funny. Exactly. If audio's more your thing, guess what? What can you do? Listen. Podcast services. Subscribe. The Globe. All that stuff. It's fantastic. Leave a review even if mm-hmm. you're really feeling fancy. Only good ones though. You know my policy on that. You know what the rule is, Tim? Yeah. If you don't have anything nice to say. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. <laughs> well, welcome. This is, of course, Kind of Funny Games Daily, where we talk to you about the ver- nerdy video game news you need to know about. And today we're going to be talking about an SNES controller, question mark? A follow-up to that Daisy story from yesterday. And, of course, we've got some uh, potential rumor reports on what's happening with Splinter Cell. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Let's start with some housekeeping so today for housekeeping, we want to promote party mode, even though Greg said if it's Wednesday, promote party mode. Why not do it on Tuesday, too? I don't know if we can say no, what party We can't we, say. We can't say what party mode is going under tomorrow. embargo? Yes. an embargo mm. party mode. It's pretty cool. Exciting. But while you're waiting for that, why don't you watch last week's party mode of exactly. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, where Check Kevin doesn't know which character he's playing. Three. I started playing that on, yeah. on the plane on my way yeah. back from Chicago. How you what liking you it? So far, so good. Yeah. I may have started on Mighty Mode, started oh. over on Friendly Mode. <laughs> Mostly because I'm like, I don't have enough time to really, you know, learn all of the different oh, heroes. Oh, Mighty's the, mm. like, easier one? No, no, the Friendly is the easier one. Mighty yeah. is like, if you're familiar with action games, you should play it on this level. And I'm like, I'm definitely familiar. I just want it. I just want my baby as baby mode, okay? Just but then, but then you moved up to Mighty, though. No, no, I, I moved down. Uh, okay. I started over and moved, the, mm. and moved it down. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't find life. a way to do it in the live middle of the game. Anyway, I digress. Um, we also want to give a big shout out and thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. And today, of course, we're brought to you by Quip and Experian. But we'll talk to you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. <laughs> there are four stories on the Roper Report today. A biggest dozen. One of my favorite things is on the, the doc that we have that kind of explains. We want to, if people never hosted the show we want them to be able to, to do it and it just says for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report and then parentheses Kevin makes beeping noises <laughs> <laughs> and then it also have Kevin yells a baker's dozen <laughs> I love it which is great um, but do you remember the first time Fran hosted the show and he like could not get any of this stuff right <laughs> I think that's why we wrote, wrote all of this stuff in <laughs> I think that's why Greg is like, let me spell this out very explicitly for you about how the show is going to go. Yeah. Um, no, but we love Fran. Yes. All right. So first story in the Roper Report today 
An FCC filing may have revealed a wireless SNES controller for the Nintendo Switch. You've piqued my interest, Andrea. This write-up comes from friend of the show, Adam Bankhurst, over at IGN. A recent FCC, FCC filing may have revealed Nintendo's plan to release a wireless Super Nintendo controller for the Nintendo Switch, which would be very similar to its release of the wireless NES controllers alongside the addition of the NES games to Nintendo Switch Online. Discovered by Reset Error user Link83, the filing includes a single image that very much resembles the back of the SNES controller. Furthermore, the model number HAC042 is in line with other Nintendo Switch model numbers. The Switch itself is HAC001, and the wireless NES controllers are HAC033 and HAC033, which is the same number that must be a typo. It's important to know that it doesn't reference the Switch or Super Nintendo anywhere in the filing, and the equipment name is simply Wireless Game Device. Barrett, are you going to pull that image up for us? Uh, uh, yeah. But it is pretty clear what this filing would be for. Nintendo Switch Online and the first batch of NES games were made available on September 18th, 2018. And while there have been some data mines and such that have hinted at SNES games arriving to Nintendo's latest console, we haven't heard any true confirmation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird to think about because we did get true confirmation when they first really kind of were talking about the mm-hmm. Switch, and then they kind of backed off of that. Uh, they were like, January, JK! January 10th um, Here's the image that uh, they found in the filing, which looks strikingly like a Super Nintendo controller. Hell yeah. Man, I'm all about this. Put it right into my veins. Uh, I... I Cannot wait to have Super Nintendo games on the the Switch. It's funny because, you know, a lot of people give shit to the NES Online or whatever it's called, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Thing. I was just playing it yesterday. I are can't you talking remember. about the legacy games that are available through Nintendo's yeah, the, online the, service? There's the Nintendo yeah. app on the on the Switch. I forgot the name of it. But yeah. the Nintendo online service gives you that NES thing with the two NES controllers on top of each other. Right. Um, and at this point, it's kind of a robust library. Like it felt like a joke in the beginning when there was the the 20 games. It was kind of like this, there's some weird emissions. There was like uh, solid games on that first 20 though. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very solid Mario games, Zelda games. Like there was a, a lot there. But now looking at it, uh, almost a year later. I guess like it's a stacked lineup that is missing very few of the NES classic titles that you'd expect to be there. It was really nice. Uh, I played it uh, last night for the first time in a very long time, and it was cool. If like since there were all the new additions, it was like, oh, we have gifts for you, and it like would pop every time I would it's scroll fun. over. They, they make it a fun experience, and it was like, ooh, I don't care about any of these games, but like I'm having a fun time uh, unlocking have you done them. This? So when you have the the, have the app, it's very well presented. It's yes. like a beautiful, like I don't even want to say Netflix style layout. They kind of nailed their own thing here. Uh, very, very big, beautiful box art. Barrett, if you could try to find a, a picture of yeah. it. Yeah. And, and what they do is every month they add about three games. Right. Um, sometimes they'll do three games and then SP versions. So they're like special versions of the games. And the special versions of the games, uh, when they first came out, I thought it was kind of a weird thing. And it felt like they were just kind of padding and filling out the, the library. But at this point, now that everything's kind of there, it's clear that that's not the case. It's just that a lot of people have um, trouble with some of the older games because they're so difficult. Right. So these special versions will kind of like give super fun cheat code versions of the game where they'll put you at the memorable moment. So you might like you can start fully decked out fighting Mother Brain and Metroid. Like that's it's like really the, awesome. It's like the cool I didn't iconic, realize they were doing that. The cool iconic moments uh, for you. To do. So that's how it looks. Um, and you can just kind of like go through and choose whatever game, load it up. It's instant. Like there's no loading at all, which is really cool and impressive. Um, but what's awesome is every month when you open up the app, it'll be like, oh, you have new presents. And one by one, the games will open up with a little like, yeah. 
and you just keep going. It's just like you feel like you're getting a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was looking into the the Zelda ones because I'm doing my whole Zelda playthrough, but I didn't include the first two games because those are definitely games that like are important, but to me are dated, and I didn't really want to go back to them. But they released the special version of them, and it's like uh, for Zelda one, you start out with like all of the items and like the the sword and stuff already, and then the second Zelda game, I think it's like you have like max health and stuff already. And stuff it just like kind that. of speeds up the process and lets you get a really good taste of what that game is at its full potential like quickly yeah. which I, I think is a fun thing for like a historical point of view for people that might not want to sit through the entire original Legend of Zelda but want an idea of what it was um, but taking that and applying it to Super Nintendo that is the most exciting thing to me and I think that if th- this is anything to go by if this were to come out in the next month or so then we have a, over the next year then we'll get the entire collection of Super Nintendo that's really exciting hell yeah well it looks to me at face value just having seen that software for the first time that it reminds me a lot of the way that they built the software inside the Nintendo um, Classic. The Nintendo Classic. Yeah, and then if you think about what they did for the SNES Classic, it was very similar. In fact, I think it was a little bit better even. They had more functionality. And so if they've already got that lineup of games tailored for a kind of like a digital emulation type-esque thing, then, I mean... (laughs) Why not? Why yeah. not just like I will say it's not perfect. Free. The um, I have real big issues with the fact that you can't hide the display. Yeah, uh, like no matter what you're like, you can change the aspect ratio of it uh, for like it to like fully fit the screen or be the classic four three or whatever it is. Uh, but the the problem is there's like a weird. You always see your Mies and like it'll say like player one and player two like kind of in the the top corners. Oh, um, oh. It, it's just like dumb I mean, little shit that to me is really distracting. And I'd yeah. like to just be able to hide the the HUD. And the other problem is a huge Nintendo problem is that the button layouts never match up to what you want them to be. Yeah. And mm. so like the like it's Game Boy style layout instead of being like, you know, original like Super Nintendo style layout. Yeah. Like, like I, when I, you're running and jumping in Mario. Yeah. You want your thumb to be going diagonally down, but it's going diagonally up. And that's because of the way that the buttons are laid out on the Switch controller. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was definitely weird after playing, like, uh, um, Mario Maker for the last couple of weeks and then going into the original Super Mario Brothers yesterday and being like, oh, this, is, this isn't right. Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Aren't there, like, third-party versions of the controllers, yep. though, that are available currently? The 8-BitDo controller that just came out, the 8-BitDo SN30 Pro uh, is fantastic. Highly recommend it for people. And it is a, uh, yeah, bring it up right there. Boom, the top Ooh. left. It is. Ooh, that's hot. real nice. Yeah. And um, it's fully programmable, and you can kind of change it with, like, macros and stuff to to change the button layout to be what you want it to be, which is going to be fantastic. How expensive is that controller? $50, I think, for that one. Let me click into it. For Bluetooth? Uh, order now on yeah, Amazon. Yeah, Bluetooth. Charges USB-C. Yeah, 50 bucks. $49.99. Yeah, there's, there's a Super Nintendo edition. Can you go look at the other colorways? Uh, to the right. Under, right, right, right. under the price. Ah, there yeah, we go. There you go. Super Nintendo, Game Boy, and oh, I like just that one. classic controller, or uh, pro controller. At the top. Yeah, I see the, the yeah. difference between the red buttons and then the... And the other cool thing like the is... periwinkle buttons. Is the uh, Super Nintendo one, the Y and X buttons on the top are actually uh, con- concave. Oh, like Ooh, the, just like the original. Oh, Super that's Nintendo. awesome! Yeah. Hell yeah! And if you look, actually, Fancy. one more thing: go uh, look <laughs> at the Super Nintendo version. Right, you're on it. Look at the D-pad. Now go up and look at the Game Boy's D-pad. Whoa! So the D-pad's like the Game Boy was. That's, that's a really cool. nice touch. Mm-hmm. See, those are the kind of details that matter when you're selling a controller like this for fifty bucks. 
Hey, Bidell, fantastic track record. Never let me down. Well, that's good to hear. I've never mm-hmm. heard of them. so yeah, They're fantastic. But this Super there Nintendo news, very cool stuff. That controller is going to be great with them. The official Nintendo controller is going to be fantastic. The wireless ones they did for the NES were like per, they were NES controllers, but I mean it's Bluetooth, Nintendo's right? hardware, right? Yeah, the Joy-Con side flip-on thing, little weird, little unnecessary. <laughs> gonna be honest, you gotta charge them somehow, Tim. I yeah, the any Joy-Cons other way. are just any a mistake. Okay, I, I, I they were, don't they think they were good in theory, but uh, in practicality, you get weird gamer claw when you're holding on to them for too long. And yeah, but they're good for. Dumbass Mario Kart parties and shit. Well, that's, uh, that's what I mean. They're good for like very specific situations, and that's about it. It's much like the N64 controller. Very good for very specific games. Yeah. Really, only Mario 64. After that, it's just very weird. I could Absolutely. get behind. I could get behind that. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't know if this is real or not. Like, or, I think it's real. We're gonna get Super Nintendo games at some point. Uh, I do think it's a bigger question though of are we gonna get them in a NES Online style rollout or if they're going to be standalone titles and Nintendo doesn't have a legacy of doing that on the Switch so far but when you look at their eShop right now if you look at the best sellers constantly it'll be like whatever the one big game is of the moment so Fire Emblem right and then it'll just be a ton of re-released games that are like Doom right like things Mm -hmm. like that that are just standalone old games that you can just buy on the eShop like there's just so much money there if Nintendo were to drip feed just here's Super uh, Mario World Here's Super Metroid. Here's Final Fantasy VI. Like, th- that would the chart would just be taken over by that. Of course, I mean Nintendo's greatest strength has always been their first party library of games, and I think that's you know not controversial to say. And people like us will rebuy games over and over again on each system because we have a lot of nostalgia for them. And quite frankly, they're classic games that stand the test of time. And there's not many publishers that can say that. Nintendo is one of the few. I would like to see them included in the online subscription service as like an added value or even if you get a discount through the subscription service because right now it's like there isn't like a whole lot of new stuff happening as consistently as you can get with the other subscription services. Granted, it's much cheaper than your, you know, your Game Pass or your PlayStation Nows of the world, right? Mm. But that being said... There's a reason why these older games are the most popular. It's because (laughs) the rest of the stuff that's coming to Nintendo platform really prolifically is all these indie games that are kind of unproven. And people are hesitant, potentially, to spend money on a game they've never heard of from a studio they don't know, unless they hear about it on something like the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, right? Indie games do do great on the the eShop as well. But like I'm talking about compared to like some of the more AAA titles triple a well it's because everything well i don't want to say everything but a lot of the triple a titles that we've seen come to switch if they come at all are not the same experience that you're getting on the other platforms right the resolution's not the same there's some features that aren't the same and so it's i think if i was a switch owner that had another access to another platform there would be it would be a really hard sell for me to buy it on switch why would i be playing yeah you know like wolfenstein on switch when i can be playing it on xbox one or ps4 or pc right yeah absolutely uh, the thing that's interesting about the, the what you're talking about with the super nintendo with the value add is Obviously, more is always better, and like I hope that they go that route because at some point that becomes just an insane deal. Right. Like I already think personally that it is an insane deal that if you have literally two friends that are down to do this, you can get the Nintendo Switch Online down to dollars a year, like less than ten dollars a year, mm-hmm. and you get every Nintendo NES game that you'd ever want to play, unlimited access to it. Like that's. So much better than even one generation ago on Wii U when it was $5 per NES game. Yeah. 
right? Well, I think they're learning, right? It's a it's a good way to incentivize people to buy your hardware. If you say, hey, guess what? We're not going to do traditional packing games like we used to. You know, we'll do bundles from time to time, but you can just buy a standalone Switch and all you have to pay is this nominal fee for the entire 12 months and you get access to this library of games that you know and love. Yeah. I think it's a win. All right, on to the next story. Splinter Cell is coming back one day. <laughs> so this writer comes from Alex Avard at Games Radar. I think Greg added this last night. I'm not sure. Um, the Splinter Cell franchise has offered some of the best stealth games of all time over its multi-decade history, but the last time we saw its spec ops protagonist, Sam Fisher, was in 2013's Splinter Cell Blacklist, leaving fans eager for the series to make its long-awaited comeback. In recent years, Ubisoft has been more transparent in justifying Splinter Cell's hiatus, explaining that it's a matter of finding the right time and the team for the beloved Tom Clancy property. But thankfully, the publisher has confirmed that a new Splinter Cell project of some sort is currently being worked on. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not liking how any of this has sounded. Yeah. You can I, continue. I feel like uh, Ubisoft confirms projects and then we don't hear from them for years. Hello, Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, it's less that. It's more... Oh, it's a mobile game, isn't it? Oh, oh no. I didn't even go that route. Indeed, in a recent interview with Gamersky, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot teased that Sam Fisher's return to video games might not be in the form of a traditional blockbuster release, but instead offer some, quote, new type of experiences, but on more different, but more on different devices. Let me read that again. Quote, some new type of experiences, but more on different devices. That definitely sounds like mobile to me. Continuing the quote, we are working a little bit on the brand today to come back at one point, continued Guillermo. We can't say when, because as you know, it takes time. But each time we have to find the right experience to come back big. So check this out. What if it wasn't as quote unquote bad as we think? And it's not a mobile game. What is most famous about Splinter Cell? The headpiece. It's interesting that you, this uh, this path I see you're going down. The nanobiologist wrote it and said, "What's good, Andrea and Greg?" He meant Tim. Like many fans, I will jump anytime I read anything related to Splinter Cell. Never forget all the rumors and the Walmart leaks getting us hyped. Now we have a new hope with the head honcho Yi Guillermo saying that there will be a new experience, but on new devices. Could this mean that the previously reported Splinter Cell Oculus VR game is coming to light soon, or will it be something we don't expect, like an open world stealth game similar to Ghost? Recon and MGS5. Also, remember there was strictly a there was a strictly stealth DLC mission in Wildlands where you had to find Sam. Or is it something that we wouldn't expect, like some type of ARG or 2D stealth game on your phone? Whatever it is, I hope it really is the right experience that makes the series come back big. Since we've been waiting a long time. Thanks, the nanobiologist. I think VR is definitely the way to go for Splinter Cell. I think it's it's the way to go out of all these. I also think it is what what they'd be working on. Mobile game just doesn't sound right. And them talking about new experiences. Mobile game aren't new experiences at this point. That That's kind yeah. of well-worn territory, even for Ubisoft. So a VR game for Splinter Cell, like, again, the concept could be really cool. Imagine hearing the, like, putting it on. Like, that's that would be a fun experience. Yeah. How, do you, how do you turn that into an authentic Splinter Cell game? I don't know that that necessarily has the the kind of one-to-one link. Like, you know, even like Blood and Truth that Greg's always talking about on PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a fun game, and, but it's more shooting-based, right? Like, you need that that action of what you can do in VR. And unless, like, you're the man in the van in Splinter Cell. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you bring that up because we got the opportunity to play Phantom Covert Ops at E3 earlier this year on Oculus Quest. And... 
that is a covert game that very much has like a, a similar style and feel to Splinter Cell, but you play in a in a tactical kayak, which you guys may have heard us talk about, where you're literally in this kayak the whole time. You're just in the boat, but you get to like take your guns. Kayak. It's it sounds funny, but the movement actually was really well done. I wasn't quite sold on the whole concept of the game of never getting out of the boat. You're just like in the boat the whole time. Um, but you do have a variety of weapons and you have to stealth kill and you have to, you know, make sure that you're not seen and take cover and things like that. So I think that there's room to merge tech that we saw in that game and some of the amazing, you know, IP that we get in Splinter Cell and obviously VR, like you said, with the headset, it feels like it's like ready made for a VR experience. Yeah. Could be cool. I don't know. I we'll see when we even hear about this. If we even actually hear about this, or if this project gets scrapped at some point and they just move on to a a real proper Splinter Cell game. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft just has a lot in their plate, and they've kind of been doing a great job of reinventing franchises and keeping franchises fresh in the last couple years. You know, I feel like they've really hit a stride since 2017, probably. Um, so bringing back Splinter Cell, if they if they need more time, then give them more time because. I believe that when they do bring it out, it'll be good. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's going to be cool. Um, all right. Continuing on. Daisy will be changed worldwide after weed sparks Australian ban. Ooh, you bunch <laughs> of narcs. Sparks. <sighs> this write-up comes from Emma Kent over at Eurogamer. It was hardly a joint decision, ah. but following the Australian Classification Board's ruling that Daisy would be banned from sale for its depiction of drugs, Bohemia Interactive has announced it will edit the game to bring it in line with the Australian rules for all versions worldwide. Last week, news broke that the ACB had rejected the physical release of Daisy thanks to illicit or prescribed drug use related to incentives, specifically the use of cannabis as a reward, even though the drug was not yet implemented in the game. Despite Daisy having been available in digital form for five years, the ACB indicated it would also work to get the game pulled from digital storefronts. Faced with a complete ban across Australia, the simplest thing for Bohemia Interactive to do was change the game. And the studio has now confirmed to Kotaku Australia that this is the plan. Quote, at the moment, we are editing the global version of DayZ so it will fit into the board's requirements. The key objective is to keep the gameplay as authentic as as it was so players are not affected by this change, the studio said. The alternative route of action was for Bohemia Interactive to simply exclude Australia and to a different solution could be found, but the studio said it didn't want to separate Australian players from the rest of the world since many people play cross-region. Uh, continuing the quote, we love that Daisy is the place to meet with friends and experience the game without dramatic regional lag. We don't want to change that, end quote. Um, so you guys may have heard Tim and Greg talking about this yesterday. Um, this is, uh, to me, it's silly, it's dumb, but... We know that Australia has had some of the strictest content rules for video games for a long time. So not shocking that they came back with the pushback. And I think Bohemia was like, let's choose the path of least resistance here. You know what the easiest thing for us to do is just take this. We'll just take it out of the game. Yeah. You know, I feel like my gut reaction to this is to kind of be like, like, oh, God, yeah, I roll. roll And like, just like, don't bend the knee to this. Like, come on, like stand up for it. But then it's like you look at a lot of the more extreme i would say like japanese censorship things that have been going on uh lost in translation culturally and it's just like hey, if australia just has a different culture then it's like there's you know it can't go differently in two different ways like we kind of need to look at it all as like 
the the censorship in these games is going to happen because they are worldwide and there's going to mm-hmm. be you know a reach to everybody and every culture has something different and at the end of the day like to the bottom line of the day z guys it's like they're going to want the game played by people and enjoyed by people and if it's going to be limited mm-hmm. from australia because of this so they get a different experience and they don't want that as their vision you gotta support that i don't think this is culture related my best friend lives in Sydney and she often refers to her home Don't country. It. Don't put it out there. As the nanny state. She says that they are the government is constantly trying to protect people from themselves and make these crazy rules and it's just too much. And when it comes to something like this, you know, I would lean to agree with her. I think it's kind of ridiculous because I know you guys were talking about morphine being in the game and this and this and it's just like Daisy is clearly a, a game not designed for five-year-olds, so like yeah. I don't understand what the big deal is. I thought but, you were about to say she, your friend's all about smoking the hooch. Oh, no, she's not actually. Mm. Not her thing. Heroin, more her style. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully not that either. Uh, don't do drugs, kids, unless they're legal and you're an adult of legal age. Um, all right. Moving on to our final story in the Roper Report. Tim Willits, formerly of id Software, lands at World War Z developer Saber Interactive. This write-up comes from Charlie Hall over at Polygon. Just one month ago, Tim Willits left id Software after a 24-year career. This week comes the announcement that he's joined on with Saber Interactive. The veteran software developer is trading in the Doom, Quake, and Wolfenstein franchises to work for a developer best known for the NBA Playgrounds franchise and most recently third-person shooter World War Z. Quote, I'm excited to announce that on August 1st, I became the chief creative officer of Saber Interactive, Willis announced on Twitter. I will be leading the creative vision for our five studios around the world. Willis will help shape and expand the creative vision for Saber's five studios around the world, a Saber said Saber today in a press release. He inherits teams stationed in Maplewood, Maplewood, New Jersey, St. Petersburg, Russia, Madrid, Spain, Nils, Belarus, and Sundsvall, Sweden. Saber has long been known as an extremely flexible developer. Its history includes recent titles such as Off-Road Simulations, Spin Tires, Mud Runner, a reboot of the 1994 beat-em-up called Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn, and The Witcher 3 Complete Edition port for Nintendo Switch. I actually didn't realize Saber was doing that until just now. This is a studio which has proven its ability to respond nimbly to trends across multiple genres time and again. Will it said in the press release he praised the team saying it was hungry to control its own destiny in addition to its work in traditional video games saber also develops games for the gambling industry it also maintains an online game called slato terra described as a free-to-play social casino interesting i i was unaware of saber's kind of reach around the industry there yeah with the the witcher thing there and nba playgrounds i didn't realize that the people that made nba playgrounds are the ones that made world war z like that's that's cool nba playground mega hit made a lot of money mm-hmm. especially in the early days on the the switch there um i world war z is such a weird game to me where it's like it was announced and everyone's like huh that's weird it was at the game awards and uh it was kind of like a weird announcement where you're like this seems super late for a ip this big quote unquote and also who cares about this IP at this point? It was like a few years too late on the zombie train, right? Zombie train and the World War Z train. It was like, yeah. like why would you even have the IP? But then it all came together and we did a party mode. Game was actually pretty good. Mm. I heard good things from I, it most was people a lot that of played. Fun. Yeah. I was like, this is it's way more polished and way more put together. And like it was it was a real game when I would kind of look at it and be like, ah, that's some cash grab at what the World War Z fans of the world? I'm not really sure. I know there was a lot of them from the book, but mm. I, I think 
Sorry, no, no, go, go ahead, ahead Barrett. Uh, I had a fun story about NBA Playgrounds and Shaq Fu. If you bought NBA Playgrounds, I think when, in the first month that it came out, when Shaq Fu came out, you just got it for free. So I, well, they were like, I, whatever, man. That sounds like a slam dunk <laughs> It was to so me. fucking weird. <laughs> but yeah, I remember looking at that at the eShop, and it was like, oh, free. And I was like, are they just giving this away? And then I found out afterwards why I got it free. And uh, yeah, I played that game for like 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a game. So did Andy when he interviewed Shaq. 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes. Yeah. What do you learn about a game in 30 minutes, Barrett? All you that need to know about that is Shaq Fu. <laughs> Have you ever played Shaq Fu the original? Heck no. It is. <laughs> oh, it's something, man. We did, we did a party <laughs> mode of it, or let's play of it back in the day. Mm. Oh, All right. Well, congrats, Tim. Thank you. I was talking about Tim Willits, not not Tim Gettys, but that's okay. Congrats, Tim. <laughs> Thank Gettys. you. Thank you. My congratulations is so far away. <laughs> if we wanted to find out more congratulations coming to the Mom and Grab Digital Shots, where would we go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, Exception is coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Vasara Collection is coming to PS4, Vita, and PC. Genesis is on PS4. Ancestors Legacy is on PS4 and Xbox One. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is on PC. Friday the 13th. You can't have the words Rebel and Outlaw in your title. Choose one. Okay. Pregnant pause. Okay. Friday the 13th, the game Ultimate Slasher Edition is on Switch. Never Give Up is on Switch. Ember Light is on PC and Mac. Inner is on PC. Cult is on PC. Gravity Control is on PC. Vicious Circles on PC. Vicious Dicey. Circle. RC Games. Circle. Oh, really? I did not Andy, know that. Andy worked on it back in the day. Just a little bit. But like That was when we, we stole him. It was like his last thing he was kind of working on. Oh, we really? So to... Does he have like points or anything on? Is he in the credits? <laughs> God damn, no. Oh, credits? Maybe. Points? Uh-uh. Generally, video game studios don't leave you in the credits if you leave the studio before the game publishes, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, but it's, and I, it's I think common. it was more like he was at the studio while they were making the game, mm. less he was working on that. But like he was like a play a tester and shit. But I guess technically I was a play tester because I played it. Am I in the credits? Do <laughs> Probably I get points? Not. Congratulations, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. You are in Thank the credits. You. My game released today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Dicey Dungeons is on PC and Mac. Legends is on PC and PC Building Simulator. This one is for all you PC dorks out there, as Greg Miller <laughs> likes to say. Started as a free tech demo on um, itch.io before it went on to sell more than 750,000 copies of a full-fledged title from publisher The Irregular Corporation. Now Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch owners can build and repair PCs with real licensed parts when the game arrives on August 13th. What a world we live in. What the fuck? Was that your angry? Andrea voice just because it was bold? Uh, no, no. I was just reading it with gusto because that uh, write-up came from Tinsley PR and I love the folks over there. Got it, got it, got it. Um, and I wanted to copy and paste it because I thought it was so ridiculous that there's a game called PC Building Simulator. But you know what? Whatever floats your boat, kids. Whatever whatever you need to do, just do it. But if, I will say, PR emails, like for games, It's I feel like we've kind of like went through the looking glass a little bit where it used to be like egregious where you like you would just read these things. You're like, just tell me what the game is, like yeah. where the code is, what I need to know, what's the embargo. Cool. That's all I need to know. Don't be cute. Then I feel like at some point they're like, we get it. We're not going to waste your time. Here's what we need. Cool. But I feel like at some point someone was like, 
they made a hashtag and they're just like, oh, this is fun. And the next <laughs> thing you know, it's just spreading like a disease. So I need to show you an email that I got uh, okay. about a game that I can't talk about yet uh, when we get off. It is insane. It's just like, or instead of having six paragraphs that are all fluffy bullshit words trying to like explain things in, a, in, a, in the concept of the world, the game world, just tell me about it in the real world. Don't tell me download it on your electronic contraption, blah, blah, blah. No, it's a Nintendo Switch. It's a PlayStation 4. So they're being cheeky, but they're missing the mark. Yeah. They're trying Hard. to be clever, but they're not. They're not. Mm. It's a waste of my time. Um, we and I am a busy man making video games. Exactly. We ain't got time to be wasted. <laughs> On to new dates. This is a rumor, but I'm including it because it seems like it has some credibility to it. The virtual reality version of L.A. Noir looks to set launch for the PlayStation VR, according to a Peggy ratings board listing for L.A. Noir, the VR case files on PS4, spotted by recent error user Tamari. This version of the game previously launched for PC back in 2017, and this write-up comes from Eurogamer. L.A. Noir, the VR case files place you directly in the shoes of the detective Cole Phelps. The description reads, and as you saw, brutal crimes, plots, and conspiracies inspired by real cases from 1947 Los Angeles. Just like the full L.A. Noir, this new VR version will carry an 18-plus rating with warnings for violence and swears. When L.A. Noir first came to, uh, when it was like remastered last year or mm. two years ago, whatever it was, um, they Rockstar sponsored a ton of podcasts, just like Quip or Experian would sponsor us. And they sponsored a lot of true crime podcasts because that makes sense mm -hmm. for, for what they're trying to do, even if it's not necessarily their audience. So in a lot of podcasts Gia would listen to, they'd be talking about like, like L.A. Noir. It's like, get on the streets of L.A. and become a detective and whatever. And one day Gia comes home and she's just like, Hey, can we get L.A. Noir? And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like the most she was random, The most random question <laughs> I've yeah. ever heard out of her mouth. I'm like, sure? That's a Gia-ass game right there. I know, right? Yeah. But it's nice. so funny. Like, all right. So, hey, advertisement works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it makes sense. The, why not? This is like, you know, they've already, you know, made it for modern consoles. Um, continuing on for new dates, critically acclaimed Frostpunk, the late... The latest game, the 11-bit studios portfolio, will be launching on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 on October 11th. Frostpunk, if you are confused about what this game is, um, is a game that uh, Trisha Hirschberger has talked a lot about how much oh. she loves. A grim society simulator and city builder which, in which players struggle against the frozen post-apocalyptic landscape as the ruler of the last city on Earth. It garnered high praise among PC users and now players can experience the unique gameplay, make thoughtful decisions, and follow a powerful narrative on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 this fall. Fantastic. Spry Fox's latest gem, Steambird's Alliance, the spiritual successor to the company's hit Realm of the Mad God, is ready for launch after six wonderful years in development. On August 22nd, Steambird's Alliance will launch on Steam, emerging from an open beta phase that saw more than 10,000 players join the fun. Mythgard, the urban fantasy collectible card game from Rhino Games, is gearing up for its beta launch coming to PC and mobile on September 19th. Kevin's mom's birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. Go when it, Kevin's mom. Buy your Mythgard when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> the just, Urban it's, Fantasy it's Collectible Card Game. It's just beta. You can't buy it yet. <laughs> Deals of the day. Big Brain on Brad wrote into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can be part of the show and said, GameStop is offering a $225 trade-in this week for the Nintendo Switch. You can use the credit to buy the newer Switch with the better battery life for only 75 bucks. Make sure the box art is the new all-red design to be sure you are getting the latest design. That's actually a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. 
Yeah. $75 for a sweet upgrade? Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd do it for two extra hours of battery life. I'm thinking about it. Huh. Or. Huh. What? Just buy an anchor. It's like battery pack. Mm, mm, mm. I do have a battery pack. Have yeah, but then you have ever... to carry the battery pack around with you, yeah. and then you're when you're in your airplane seat, it's, those seats are already small enough yeah. as it is. You're fumbling with the cords, and if you have to stand up to go to the bathroom, everything falls on the floor, and then you bump the chair next to you, and then the drink falls on. The, these are real problems. That's, yeah. that's these are, true. These are real issues that but we face today. But has the switch battery been an issue for you guys at all? Yes. Really? If Couple I don't times. have my switch plugged in to the power outlet, and not all planes have power outlets, I lose battery every flight I play. Hmm. What the hell are you playing? I mean, I'm uh, games, just regular games, yeah. but I'll play for like two I've, or three I've never consecutive had an issue hours. At any time, it's like I am getting low, so I just pop out the little battery. Pack. Maybe it's because I have my screen brightness turned up higher than you do. Maybe, but I don't yeah. want to squint. I want to. I want to experience my game in all of its glory. That's fair. I also have the same problem. So my battery goes, hmm. and uh, like it was the most recent game I was playing. It was the, you know, the dude has the power to control time. Mario. No, it's a platformer. Oh, Katana, Katana Zero? Zero? Katana Zero. And it's like, yeah, it would eat up battery. I don't know. Oh, Katana interesting. Zero would. I was just playing Katana Zero too. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't experience uh, that with uh, that game. But Kev, with this deal of trade-in to uh, get $225 for our regular Switches, it'd only be $75 to upgrade to the newer Switch with the better <laughs> battery. GameStop, that's the deal of the day. That's not bad. You can trade in your old all, Switch. Are we, we going to GameStop this weekend? You want to go? Maybe, man. Time I'm babe, <laughs> Is the new Switch out now? I thought it was not out yet. Uh, people have been tweeting about uh, getting the new Switch already, so. Oh, well, yeah. well, there you go. Don't forget about the red box, the all red design. I'm sure your trusty GameStop employee will be able to help you get make sure you get the right, the right <laughs> one. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. On to reader mail. But before we get to reader mail, we got to tell you about some folks that are helping make everything we do here at Kind of Funny Games possible. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. They make that stuff happen. And also Quip. Let me tell you about Quip. The easiest way to back into a routine. Start it up before September, especially if you're headed back to school. I'm not headed back to school, but I use my Quip every single day, twice a day. I just brought mine to Chicago. That's four minutes a day because they have a two-minute timer, four quadrants of your mouth, 30 seconds each. That's how math works. You brought yours to Chicago. How easy was it? How sleek? How sexy was that toothbrush? It's so great. I, I can't get over that. You can just stick it right to the mirror. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great. You got you got that. I love that it's like, oh, it has a little holder stand. Oh, wait. It's also a travel case. Yep. And it's so sleek. I love it. It's beautiful. I have the, the jet black, black on black. Mm. Um, it's real nice. I love that a lot. Uh, Gia's been using it. Pretty much everyone in this office uses it at this point. It is definitely a game changer. You shouldn't uh, really share toothbrush with that many people, Tim. That is true. That that is true, but luckily they have the replacement brushes, so it's really easy to pop them on and off if you wanted to be a crazy person. Uh, brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, a friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. I'm going to be honest. Back in the olden days, before the, the pre, pre-quip, so P, P, PQ era, all right? Okay. Um, I would never know when to replace my toothbrush. It was always one of those things I'm like, I got a couple more weeks out of this one you know and then you lose track and then you're like you reset almost you're like i guess i got a couple more weeks out of this one and next thing you know 
I don't even want to go there. Yeah. You're brushing your teeth with some nasty, nasty. But now you don't need to do that because they send you it. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I got mail. That means it's time to change it out. Quip and easy. Uh, that's why I love Quip and why it's perfect for getting back into a routine. I made up the Quip and easy catch line. They didn't have that in there. Um, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash games. Just do it. Also, shout out to Experian. You know, the better your credit score, the easier it is to get the stuff you want or the less you have to pay. So the question is, why is it so hard to raise your score? Now, it won't be thanks to Experian. They've launched Experian Boost, a brand new way to instantly increase your credit scores for free. You know all about these credit scores right now, Andrea, right? Oh, yes. Um, as somebody who is going through the process of buying a home, your credit scores are incredibly important. And I actually just ran my Experian credit report. Wow. I did it for my mom as well. Really easy. Couldn't be easier. Uh, a higher credit score can help you establish and get access to credit and preferred rates for the things you want and need in life. Experian is on a mission to help boost America's credit score, which will help millions of people across the country build and get better access to credit. Uh, people all across America have already raised their credit scores with Experian Boost and... You can, too. Uh, for the first time ever, paying your utilities and cell phone can instantly improve your credit score. Experian Boost works by giving you credit for the bills you're already paying through your bank account, like water, gas, electric, cable, and cell phone. It used to take months to see your credit score rise a point or two. With Boost, you can increase your credit scores instantly. Boost is free to use and only available from Experian. Uh, up until now, you've been paying your utility and cell phone bills and not getting any credit for it, but now you can. It's great. They make it easy, like I said. I can't believe it's taking this long for someone to do this. What are you waiting for? Experian Boost could potentially help you establish or increase your access to credit. Boost your FICO score instantly for free. Boost is only available at Experian.com slash KF Games. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N dot com slash KF Games. Experience a- the boost. <laughs> such a great way to help your credit score get to the place you need it to without having to open additional lines of credit, which is usually the first thing they tell you to do, but that could be really dangerous and, and bad for a lot of people. mess you up. Yeah. Yeah. Like Greg Miller. Just do the things you're already paying for. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boost. All right, Tim. Yeah. We've got some questions here for some people. <laughs> fuck them fuck those people the no. no these no. are people who are writing into patreon.com slash kind funny games pay your salary barrett unfuck them okay they're <laughs> unfucked <laughs> um so let's see here what should we start with mm-hmm. did you guys kind of talk about this yesterday maybe the um, the life hacks for cons uh, we kind of talked about it, I think, was it yesterday? Last week? Or a couple, Last week, I think it, was, it might have been Friday, but let's do it again. Sure. So version. 2038 Pokemon CEO writes and says, do you have any life hacks for attending conventions? I'm attending my first Pokemon Worlds this weekend, and do you bring portable batteries, water, a lunch? I don't expect you to attend Worlds, but this is overall advice. Um, it's great advice because actually we've got some members from Kind of Funny that are going to be at a convention in Canada this weekend. Um, I believe Greg gave all those details at the end of the show yesterday since he didn't put them in Wait. housekeeping. Where are you going? 
No, no I'm not guys, going. You oh, guys are going. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, my it's head Andy, is in like it's, four places. It's Andy, Greg, and are you going? I am going, yeah. 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 I know yeah. I'm going. I thought yeah. I was surprised you were going. I'm not going. Okay. No, I'm staying here and, and packing things. <laughs> Bring a house. battery pack. That's important. Uh, definitely. Water, water yes. Um, be sure to check with the convention center that you're going to. Almost all places will let you bring sealed water bottles in now, but every place is different, so make sure you can. But if you can, or at the very least, bring an empty water bottle, and then you can fill it up at a water station. Because yeah. I have yet to be at a convention that didn't have free water stations everywhere because they want to keep people hydrated. They don't want people passing out. Yeah. Um, comfortable shoes is another um, good thing. You're going to be on your feet a lot, walking around a lot. Um, don't bring a lunch. Rarely will they let you bring food yeah, into the convention you can just centers. Buy stuff there. It's uh, not going to be good. Yeah, because they want you to buy stuff at the convention. Um, and if you don't want to do that, of course, you know, make your own lunch plans. Search the area around. Maybe uh, go to the kind of funny subreddit and be like, hey, who wants to meet up for lunch? That's usually what I like to do is, uh, you know, plan my lunch knowing that it's chaos around wherever the convention is actually happening. But just three blocks down around a corner, it's going to be mm-hmm. like nothing is going on around it. And then you can just get easy lunch. Otherwise, if you're too close in the vicinity, the lines are going to be nuts. Exactly. Most important thing to bring, positive attitude. Yes, patience. Smile. Be friendly. You want to brighten somebody's day, not get into a fight with somebody, right? You don't have um, nothing nice to say. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> another pro tip that we don't really talk about a lot is that um, I find it useful to make sure that if I have people that need to get in contact with me, that they know that I'll probably be unavailable those days because your cell phone reception and Wi-Fi reception is greatly diminished when you're around you know, thousands of people potentially getting on the network at the same time as you. So make sure you take care of any important phone calls or important messages before you go. Use an out of office on your email or make sure your family and friends know where they can get a hold of you, where you will be in case of an emergency, because getting cell phone reception is incredibly difficult at conventions. Um, so something to think about if you have your own like MiFi pack or your own individual Wi-Fi hotspot, something you might want to bring with you so you're not having to rely on public Wi-Fi or cell phone towers for access. Um, that's a that's a handy pro tip. Pro um, tip. But yeah, have fun. Have a good time. Wear deodorant. Yeah, that's another, that's the key. Yeah. yeah. It's a real, real issue where you don't think you're going to need it. You get in there, it's hot, it's spicy. Next thing you know, you're feeling a little rumblies between your pits. Mm-mm. And you if you're carrying a backpack, maybe throw one of those little mini travel sticks in there for a re-up oh, halfway through the day. hand sanitizer. That's a Always good one. have hand sanitizer yep. in your in your pocket, in your bomber jacket pocket. Always. There you go, 2038 Pokemon CEO. Hopefully that helps you. Next question. Hmm. Give me some of that good stuff. How about a, a continuation of our SNES conversation from Borzen? There was an FCC filing overnight. It looks like the Nintendo is making some sort of Super Nintendo thing again, which we discussed in the Roper Report. Do you think this is Switch SNES games or something else? If this is Switch SNES games, this is really the the question here. What games do you want to see on the service? I mean, Link to the Past. It's the easy answers, right? Like Super Mario World, Link to the Past, and Super Metroid are the the three that out the gate I'd want there. Um, but I imagine we'll only get two out of three, and then. They'll 
trickle it out a little bit because at the end of the day, that is kind of a good thing. Yeah. Because you want you want your time to be able to focus on the the different ones and get excited when new things come out. Um, and allows you to kind of breathe a little bit um, through them. A good example of that is if I remember correctly, uh, My Brothers Two didn't come out uh, when it first happened and i played yeah. through mario one and three and then when two came out i was excited i was like oh you know what i'm, I'm gonna play through two again and i did and that was a lot of fun um but yeah obviously those games castlevania 4 mario kart super mario rpg f-zero f-zero um chrono trigger yeah earthbound yoshi's island yoshi's motherfucking island let's go mm. shut it down dude yeah. let's go yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm underrated. Trying to see like what else would maybe be a little bit more obscure. Ooh, Mortal Kombat 2. I would love that, but they wouldn't. I don't think they would include it. I think it would probably just be Nintendo first party games. But know. if they were bringing I, in third parties, that was one of my party. favorite games of all time. Like in my top 10 list of forever. The if, Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat 2? Correct. Because it was the game that got me into Mortal Kombat. I vividly remember having a piece of lined ruled paper that you have for your school notebooks. And I had all of the codes Fatalities the and fatality stuff. codes That's and the really friendship funny. codes and everything like written out uh, so i could try to like you know fumble with them but mm. i still never was really good at executing but i had a cheat sheet <laughs> that i wrote with a pencil if no one talking, uses pencils anymore if we're talking third party as well earthworm jim um one of the final fantasies i don't know which one six yeah i mean six would be the or three yeah um would be the the, the one, one but then people yeah. also like five a lot it's true Gosh, you remember they put SimCity on SNES? Ooh, I would play that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like the NES one has a lot of third party games. So I don't think it's out of the question. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your Contra. question. Contra? Super Contra. Mm. What about uh, was Ghosts and uh, Ghouls or whatever on the NES one? There was one. I, I think I don't. I think it was Ghosts and Goblins, though. And Ghosts oh, and Ghouls yeah, yeah, yeah. was Genesis. But gotcha. So might be wrong. whatever the sequel is, probably. Because I know people... I want really Tom like and Jerry. Fuck yeah. I want Lion King. Yeah. I want Aladdin. No, not Aladdin. <laughs> what? Oh, Aladdin? Not, not Aladdin. What? No. Nah. What's wrong with you? Aladdin's better than Lion King, bro. Aladdin is definitely better than Lion King, without question. Mm, maybe this, I just... I, I didn't... The Lion King was the one I played all the time. Yeah. Whatever the broken. Whatever the baseball game was for the SNES, that one was... That it game was a was Mega fucking, Man soccer game. Hell yeah. Let's do uh, that. Yeah. Paperboy 2. <laughs> Yo! We want to get into the Not fucking nitty gritty. Not as good as Paperboy, but Paperboy Two is a very, very important. I don't game understand you guys why Tim and Greg hate Paperboy so much. It's not. It's not that I hate it. I enjoy the hell out of it. Mm. It's just. It's not great. It's a it's mediocre. It's not one of the top ten game. games ever created for exactly. the console. No, but yeah, it's, it's one not. of my personal favorites. God, it was such a weird game. <sighs> I loved it, though. It was a simpler time, Barrett. It was. When you could just have joy merely tossing a rolled newspaper very While small precisely. child's running you with knives. <laughs> yeah. And, you and can sometimes throw at- on Tuesday, death shows up. Yeah. And you can throw them at dogs and... Oh, yeah. That game was fucking rad. <laughs> simpler time. Remember Paperboy 64? Because I do. No. I don't. <laughs> oh. Should I pull it up? That yes. Sounds, that sounds great. It was rough. While we're uh, while we're pulling that up, I was thinking of asking this question from Rita, who says, "Hi, Andrea and Tim. 
Yesterday, there was a discussion about Xbox's future as it is related to the exclusivity of their software. I was wondering if selling consoles is really the priority of Xbox. Xbox is moving towards releasing all first-party games like Forza, Halo, and Gears on both Xbox and PC. This comes in a combination with the release of present and future first-party titles on multiple platforms. Could Game Pass subscriptions and software sales become Xbox's breadwinner? Is Xbox diversifying their income to avoid playing the console wars? Thanks, and have a great day. Yes. Before we answer Rita's question, Paperboy 64 gameplay available at youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Um, this, this isn't is, real. This is, Dude, ho- this it's is real. This is horrifying. I, mean, I, I remember being stoked waiting for this to come out because I first read about why? it in, in uh, Nintendo Power and I was just like, oh shit, Paperboy, it's back. I think the in reason 3D. why this looks so much worse is because the, the old art style works for this style of game and this just looks garbagey. It, this is, it's bad. It just looks like it controls terribly as well. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it totally does. There was weird boss fights you had to do. What? Yeah. Boss fights? Yeah, with like against some like weird mad scientist. Oh look no, face. look at his face. He's got like dot eyes uh, and like some weird terrifying. he doesn't have a nose. Can we bring up the original Paperboy? Yeah. Like so we can see, you know, how far this this poor franchise has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hell yes. Amazing. Paperboy delivers. See? This is classic. I'd play this right now. For three minutes. Oh, no. (laughs) You hit the tire. Is that a tire? I think it's a hula hoop. It looks like a plate, like a dinner plate. Like a a giant dinner plate. (laughs) (laughs) Look at it. It's going to come out again. Uh, Okay. We're we're waiting for the giant dinner plate. Okay. Swerving. All of these houses are red brick. Oh, whoa. Oh, watch out for the blue kid. (laughs) Those fucking blue kids. (laughs) Oh, I'm break dancing. Break dancing. Break dancing. Oh, man. Wow. What a game, guys. (laughs) What's that guy doing? (laughs) <laughs> He's doing some kind of weird dance. He's twerking. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh, oh man. man. Simpler time, Tim. Simpler, simpler. A better time, some time. would say. <laughs> a better time. Yeah, blind people. Oh, don't hit the dog. Or Jared Petty. Oh, also, the eyes coming out of that sewer were gigantic. Watch mm. out, blue kid. Okay, back to the question. Look at that cool Thanks. kid on the, the skateboard. <laughs> Thanks, Barrett. Take I me. absolutely. Rita, think that this is them trying to diversify their income to avoid playing the console wars. I was explaining this yesterday. I really think that they are doubling down on selling their software everywhere and trying to own the idea of the ecosystem and platform, not console. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's totally going to pay off for them, but I think that it is the right call for them right now based on their exclusives lineup. I agree that they absolutely need to focus on software because that was their big miss in this generation of Xbox One. And they clearly have taken steps to rectify that, which will, of course, remain to be seen until we see more of the lineup from their exclusive studios. I don't think they can abandon hardware and go software only. I think they're going to be in the next race um, for console wars, whether they like it or not, because they can't just immediately pivot away from that business. Because even though they didn't win the console war, because I'm sure we would have heard about sales numbers if they were topping PS4's numbers, because everybody wants to announce that they're number one. 
but they still made a lot of money selling Xbox Ones around the world. So there's like, let's not, you know, get it confused. Like they will be having some type of hardware to put into retail stores. But Absolutely. it's clear that what they're, where they're going with xCloud in particular, they're moving to really straddle both of those markets in a way that could position them to be the leader if they can nail xCloud. Because everything that we're seeing about Stadia is kind of leaving more and more people coming to my side of being like, is it going to work? I don't strong know. disagree. Strong, strong disagree on that one. But uh, Game Pass subscriptions will become Xbox's breadwinner. I firmly believe that. They will have consoles that they're selling and they will be like, hey, it's the best place to play these games or whatever. Yeah. But like, at some point, there's going to be the pie chart and the biggest part is going to be Game Pass. Yeah, but Game Pass, most people, I would imagine don't have the actual data from Xbox, if it exists, let me know, are playing Game Pass on their Xbox. Well, right now that's the only way besides the new PC one that they just put out. So you think once xCloud launches, people will just forego buying the new hardware from Xbox and play it only on their phone? No, I, I think that they're going to sell a lot of consoles and then when they open it up to being available in more places, mm-hmm. that the subscription service is going to make a shit ton of money because people can play it wherever they want whether it's their phones or their xboxes or their switches or whatever it is i still don't subscribe to the idea that you're going to be able to play xbox game pass on a nintendo switch we'll see Mm. perhaps i'm wrong tim yeah perhaps perhaps i'm wrong But we're not making a bet about it, so don't even. Damn ask. it! I thought, it. I thought that was going to be the Do most it, perfect, coward. perfect segue. No, because into you're wrong. Oh, that, that is a great segue. I'm wrong. Let's see what we got wrong today. Wait. You can write in. Oh yeah, because we don't have a squad up, so yeah, okay. go right into it. You, we did two yesterday, so that works there. Two for um, one. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Is that right? No, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Let no, us know. No, it's kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's yep. correct. Cool. You got it right. If you're watching live, you can get us. So Spencer <laughs> writes in and says, breaking news, WayForward announces a new game coming first physically, only for Switch, with digital to come later. Uh, you can go to WayForward's website to see that. Uh, the Radical Lefty says GameStop is also giving $5 extra per game traded in, making the Switch V2 even cheaper. Huh. Uh, the Rebel Outlaw writes in and says, Rebel and Outlaw have two totally different meanings so they can be used together. Tim is just acting like that PR person he spoke of uh, and trying to be funny <laughs> but missing the mark. This oh. is a note from the game's developer. <laughs> hey, if you don't have anything nice to say, maybe I should shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> Your own words, Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, the Rebel Outlaw. You please continue to rebel, rebel, and outlaw. I don't know. Do your thing, man. And congrats on the game launch. I also launched a game today. Um, <laughs> Kebab says there was a Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yes. Um, New dates. The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Carter is coming to Switch on ooh. August 15th, according to Gamatsu. And yeah, that's it. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. I want to read the nanobiologist. He writes in, The Paperboy 64 description is all kinds of wild. <laughs> There's a new Paperboy on your block. The arcade classic returns in 3D for an added dimension of fun. Deliver the Daily Sun while dodging grumpy neighbors, mad gorillas, <laughs> vampires, and tornadoes. Vampires. Find hidden routes and get air doing freestyle bike tricks. Only Paperboy can save the town from disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring over 45 routes and 100 interactive obstacles, fully user-defined stunt system, and play as a paper boy or girl. What are vampires doing out in the daytime when you're delivering papers? What was death doing on Tuesdays? 
don't know. Death shows up when death wants to, okay? I, I think all all of those uh, were implemented into Paperboy 2. I think Paperboy 2 started the whole, like, zombies and stuff and all Dude, this weird stuff. there was weird shit in Paperboy 1. Oh, yeah? Death? Mm. On mm. Tuesdays. <laughs> Watch out for Tuesday. You came out with the Reaper and you're like, this escalated. <laughs> it's Tuesday, you guys. Be careful. Death is out oh there. Oh, my God. It is Tuesday. Wait oh, for shit. <laughs> This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, your source for nerdy news in the morning. If you like what we do here, please throw us a sub over at youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. If you want to go one step further, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can toss us a couple bucks to support everything we do here, including making fun games like Party Mode, which is a new one out tomorrow, but we can't tell you about it because it's a top secret game. Tomorrow on Patreon. That's what I said. It's Patreon. Yeah. Also, we're recording the Gamescast tomorrow. Hell yeah, we are. It's Wednesday instead of Thursday. So that means if you are a member at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can watch us record it live. I'm going to be talking about Borderlands 3 because the embargo is up tomorrow morning. So if you've got questions, you know where to send them. Right, Tim? Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. All right. That's it for today's show. Tomorrow's host is going to be Greg and Gary for Widow Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Barrett is joining me at the desk. It's going to be a wild one. And then it's Frandria Friday. Uh-oh. Frandria Friday. All right. Have a good day, everybody. We love Bye. you. Goodbye.